podcast. I'm your host and natural nutrition practitioner, Josie. Here you'll learn to look to the roots beneath all the different fruits in your life, the ones that have you basking in health and the ones that leave you frustrated. My hope is that the conversations in this space would leave you inspired and empowered to walk out lifelong whole person wellness. I'm so glad you're here. Let's get into it. What's up, Roots and Fruits community? I am so stoked for today's conversation with my friend Esther. She's a mom of four, a wife, and an active life professional. She has so many good things to say about holding her relationship with fitness and exercise holistically. I'm really excited for you to listen in on this conversation and learn from her and be inspired. We will be getting into some body image stuff later in the episode, so if this is triggering for you, that is just your heads up that that is coming down the pipe here. I do hope that it serves you well as an encouragement and as food for thought and not as trigger, but it's always nice to have that warning. Esther, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me here. I'm really excited. I'm excited too. So why don't you start by just explaining kind of your background what is an active life professional and what made you want to get into this field I'll start with why I wanted to get into this it's it's really been like a lifetime of experience like I've always been into sports and and after having kids I just I really started to dive into the world of like health and nutrition and as you know when you have kids like things can get a little crazy. Your body does things that you're, you you know, you become like a new person. Mm -hmm. Um, you have like this whole new body and you, I feel like I didn't know what to do with it. Um, at times I, I got into, I did a bodybuilding show once and that was an amazing experience, but then left me feeling like I didn't know what to do afterwards. Um, and I started to approach things differently. I started to just be like, okay, I'm doing this because I want to be strong. I'm doing this because I want to feel better. I want to do this because I show up as a better mom and a wife and a human when I take care of myself. And so it became a lot more about how do I take care of myself? How do I be the best version of myself that I can be? So over the years, like I've, I've felt drawn to like find something to help people. I started an Instagram account like years and years ago, got into gut health and was doing workshops teaching people about fermented foods and gut health. Um, But it wasn't really quite delivering like what I wanted, like how I really wanted to help people and impact their lives. Um, So I was like looking for different programs over the years, listened to a podcast one day and learned about active life. And I was like, okay, this is really interesting. So I, I dove in and it was just the perfect fit. So an active life professional, it's it's a little hard to describe. I'm still figuring out exactly how to describe what I do because I don't want to just say that I'm a personal trainer because I feel like it's so much more mm-hmm. than that. We really look at a whole person's lifestyle. It's a It's a whole person approach to health and fitness. So we use movement as a, a as a major tool to tap into the body, but we look at lifestyle, mindset, and 
this isn't just like get sweaty and go hard in the gym. It's like if that's not what you need, like I'm the I'm a coach that's going to give you what you need, not necessarily maybe what you want, mm-hmm. um, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, so it sounds to me like your you went from bodybuilding to this kind of holistic philosophy. Obviously, there's pros and cons to different philosophies and approaches, but on in our realm of roots and fruits, we are definitely focused on a more root cause approach to everything in life. So that can translate into your exercise program or just your relationship with fitness. Can you talk more about kind of that transformation of your mindset um, within yourself from, yeah, go hard, bodybuilding, super restrictive and regimented to I want to feel well and energized and fitness is one of those roots to get that fruit. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, like getting to kind of to the root cause. Mm-hmm. Um, and we share that in common. Like my yes. the name of my business is Healthy Roots Coaching. Yes. So um, that actually came from when I was doing more gut health stuff. I believe that, you know, like the, that was the foundation of health. But it really has expanded into so many other areas. Movement's huge. Like humans were made to move. And when I started to approach my fitness from that perspective that like this is just what humans are meant to do this is what my dna expects my from my body um fitness became a lot less rigid it wasn't about like i gotta get in all my days i have to get all my sets and reps i I gotta follow this program or be super super strict it was just like what does my body need today what can i do to you know show up better and i I love lifting, so um, I believe, like, building muscle is really important, and so I do use weights and resistance training as a major tool. Talk about, um, I guess, when you're working with clients, how you would kind of use that same philosophy that that you've learned yourself in terms of, like, how you would assess their movement and give, create a program for them with this root cause approach. Yeah, so with each client... I take everyone through um, an assessment. So we go joint by joint through the whole body, see how you're moving. But then we also look at your lifestyle. So recovery and your capacity is the foundation, right? So if you're, if there's things happening in your life that are causing you not to be able to recover properly, like we have to address that first before we even start like designing a program for you. What would some of those things be? Like obviously diet. Is there any other factor? Diet, sleep, stress, relationships. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not a therapist yes, by any means, but um, just even bringing awareness to some of these things because a lot of people think like, oh, I just need to – they'll even use the gym as like an escape, right? They'll just go and hammer their body in the gym to like escape whatever they're feeling. And so people end up in these cycles where they're constantly overreaching their capacity and they end up getting injured or or they'll have some sort of a setback and they're like, I don't understand why I can't do what I used to be able to do. And so it's just kind of about creating more balanced approach to fitness instead of this like go hard go or go home or Mm-hmm. Um, no pain, no gain. Mm-hmm. Um, really don't believe in that mm-hmm. philosophy. Mm-hmm. I used to be a competitive figure skater and I had a personal trainer and 
I would go to him four times a week. We'd do some pretty intense workouts and stuff. And I was training and trying to build. And I remember on a Friday, I was going, I was leaving and I said, wow, it's the end of the week and I'm not sore. I must have done something wrong. And he looked at me, he's like, or you did everything right. And that just really stuck with me. And something that I have adopted like long-term with fitness is just like, oh, it doesn't mean what you said, like no pain, no gain. That's not always true. Absolutely. Like I don't want my clients to be leaving and being like sore for several days afterwards. Mm -hmm. Um, or even a couple days, like <laughs> yeah. a little bit of soreness is like acceptable, but you should, and you should fe leave a session with me feeling more energized for your day, not drained. Mm -hmm. and, and that's really a, a huge way that I approach my fitness is I want it to energize me and mm -hmm. bring, bring me more capacity, not drain me of that mm -hmm. for ev everyday life. So mm -hmm. yeah, totally. I'm with you there. <laughs> and I think pivoting is kind of a concept that and all the avenues of holistic health apply. And I kind of want to talk a little bit about that with you, but I know in my own practice for nutrition, what's worked for a client six months ago is no longer what they need. Mm -hmm. um, talk about, I mean, how you've had to pivot, not only in fitness, but just your your whole mindset towards health and how that's affected how you eat and how you think. And yeah, I don't know. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah? For sure. Like I, I definitely, when I got into the world of like nutrition and and fitness I was quite dogmatic in the way that I thought I think a lot of people's journey starts that way we find something that worked for us and it's like this is the holy grail everyone yes. must do this <laughs> um and then through different seasons of life and different challenges and um you know new babies and moving and all these things um you just find that different seasons of life require different things mm -hmm. There might be a season of your life where you, the, your movement practice does not involve a gym. Mm -hmm. um, and maybe it does. I remember talking to you uh, because I followed you on Instagram for quite a while and I know that you were really into cold plunging mm -hmm. and the benefits of that. And I remember that was one thing we talked about where you took a break because you had to pivot. You're like, okay, this is no longer serving a positive purpose for my body. So can you talk about that? Oh, yeah. Um I I love cold plunging. I I still do it now, but it's less consistent. Like when I first started, I was like, oh, this is amazing. I did it every day and got really into it. Um, but everything that we do kind of demands a little bit of us, right? Little stressors mm -hmm. and everything. And there are some things like like exercise is a stressor, but it allows me to do more in my life. So it actually mm -hmm. brings me more capacity as long as I keep it within the right realm and for a while I realized that cold plunging was not serving me it was it was demanding too much of me at the time and mm -hmm. so um I had to start taking things off of my plate saying no no to things um and just trying to get my body to like calm down um I do breath work with all of my clients as well. And so we talk a lot about the central nervous system mm -hmm. and just keeping that calm and bringing that down more into that parasympathetic state instead of always being in that sympathetic fight or flight mm -hmm. which a lot of us are running around in all the time mm -hmm. um and so just understanding when certain tools are appropriate and when certain tools are not appropriate and that's all like that's kind of how I think of like cold plunging or macros or calorie counting or any sort of fitness 
thing. They're all different tools. Mm-hmm. And there's there's going to be tools that work at certain times. And it, it all depends on the person as well. So, mm-hmm. and meeting people where they're at as well, I think mm-hmm. is huge. Because we can... We can create all these rules and have all these rules. It's like you need to have 10 to 12,000 steps a day and you need to be resistance training four days a week and you need to be walking, like all these things. But if you're the person that's only getting in like 2,000 to 4,000 steps a day, like if you can get in 5,000, mm-hmm. amazing. Mm-hmm. Like we have to decrease the barrier to entry mm. in order for things to be sustainable because a lot of people get stuck in this cycle of like all or nothing mm-hmm. as well. And the whole idea of active life is to bridge the gap between healthcare and fitness. Mm-hmm. So meeting people where they're at. If if you're injured and trying to come back to being in the gym, like jumping into like a CrossFit gym is probably not going to be the best thing for you. Mm-hmm. Or picking up some template program isn't isn't going to meet you where you're at mm-hmm. as well. So trying to meet people in the middle. That's something I'm being humbled in right now as a practitioner, if I'm honest, to be like super vulnerable in Canada is like, I think when I started, I, I imposed a lot of things on clients where I'm like, okay, well, this person needs more vegetables. So therefore my recommendation was like, eat seven cups of vegetables per day. But then I realized that no one was complying because I look at what they're eating currently and it was one cup and one to seven is a huge jump. So I've leveled out a little bit. I try to consider what is actually realistic and encourage people that it's going to be a slower long-term process if you want to see long-term results. Because there's some clients that would go from one to seven, but then a week later they're like, I'm so constipated and backed up because they're not used to that much fiber, right? Mm -hmm. So there's there's actually health benefits to going slow, probably same with with weightlifting and and whatever exercise you're, you're doing with clients. But Yeah, it's definitely um, a good reminder. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And like, if you watch me on my Instagram, you'll see like, I love to do like heavy barbell squats and Mm -hmm. deadlifts. But that's not what my, my clients are doing. So Mm -hmm. um, I believe too, that we have to earn the right to do certain movements. Do I think people should be doing barbell squats and deadlifts? Absolutely. But if you haven't earned the right Mm -hmm. to be able to do that, if you don't have the range of motion, you don't have the mobility to do those, then we need to work on that first before we can do those things. And so um, it's just meeting people where they're at. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of a good segue to... um, walking (laughs) I want to talk about walking and the power of of walking and how this somewhat overlooked um, form of exercise and fitness is something that if we could all adopt as a starting place if you're not doing anything or if you're doing everything already um, yeah I want to talk about that because I know you're passionate about it so talk about why you're passionate about going for walks (laughs) well the active life community is is big on walking, which is uh, fantastic. And I've always kind of known like walking always has felt good, but our life is so we have so much mechanical advantage in our life that we can avoid movement so many different ways. Yeah, we literally drive to the gym, right? <laughs> drive there. We get out of one box and go into another box to lift yeah. other boxes and and then come back out and then sit a lot of the time um walking is just like a basic human movement that we all have the for the most part we all have the ability to do mm-hmm. um and it just does so much for us and especially if you can stack it with like 
being outside, getting sunlight, um, being with other people. That's another way Mm -hmm. you can stack it together. Um, It's just a, it's such a simple thing that is helpful. Like there's this great quote from, I think Ryan Holiday. He's like, I'm not saying going on a walk will solve everything in your life, but going on a walk won't make anything worse or something. It's something to that effect. And it's absolutely true. Like it, just like, have you ever felt worse after going on a walk? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's such a simple thing. Um, and just incorporating a little bit of more movement into our everyday life. Because mm-hmm. um, like we said, there's so many ways that we don't do it. But, you know, it, it could just be as simple as parking a little bit further away. Um, if you have the ability to walk somewhere versus driving like mm-hmm. is that an option then then do it even like once a week mm-hmm. um I also find especially when I start my day with a little bit of movement as simple as going for a 10 minute walk I'm more likely to move throughout the rest of the day mm-hmm. so if I front load my day with a little bit of movement then I'm more likely to move throughout the rest of the day. Mm-hmm. And and that's going to benefit me in so many ways. Like there's literal systems, as you know, like our lymphatic system mm-hmm. that requires physical movement in order to function properly. So mm-hmm. when we're not moving, those systems aren't going to function as, mm-hmm. as well as they could. Mm-hmm. So You're still there. Hopefully you're not asleep and you are loving this episode with Esther. I'm just here to remind you that we are a brand new podcast. And so the best way to help us grow and to help others find us is to like our podcast, subscribe to it, share this episode with someone that you think would benefit from listening in. Let's get back to it. I finally got myself a uh, watch that tracks some of that. And I don't, it like, I don't let it tell me how to live my life, but I use it as a metric to help me know how much I'm moving. And it is interesting. So there's mornings when I'm very intentional. I get up and I go on a walk and, or I build a walk into my day somewhere else. And when I do that, I feel really, really good. And and then there's days when I get up and I'll go lift and I'll look at my watch by like noon and I'm like, oh, wow, I've, like, hardly moved. Mm-hmm. Like, I've, I haven't gone anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, not saying that lifting's not good, but um, you can't just go to the gym, do a session, and think I'm not sedentary. The other 23 hours in the day really matter. So, um, like, those are the kind of conversations I'm having with clients, too. It's like, it's not just about that hour or 45 right. minutes that they spend with me. What does the rest of their day look like? Mm-hmm. How are they moving throughout their the rest of their day? How are they talking to themselves too? Well, that's mm-hmm. another big one. Mm-hmm. Totally. Mindset is absolutely key for any sort of uh, health goal or journey. Um, I was just sharing yesterday on my Instagram about shame and how I noticed that the, one of the dangers of Instagram is kind of what you said is people experience this thing that totally changes their life and then they are now preaching it as like the way. Um, and I'm guilty of it. And I'm sorry if I've ever led anyone astray who's yeah. listening to this. Um, but I think there's nothing wrong with that. I think that the motivation behind that is good and pure. It's humans wanting to help humans and we are passionate about the things that work for us. Right. But the flip side is that it can make people feel shame 
Um, and shame is never really a sustainable motivating factor. It might work for a little bit, but then you're not going to follow through because that's a really bad why. <laughs> um, so talk about kind of the importance of having a why, like you touched on at the beginning, like your why change to I'm a mom. I want energy. I want to feel good because then I can give more. That it's, it's huge. Uh, the way that we talk to ourselves and the way we think about the things that we're doing as well. I knew the way that I was thinking about my body. So after baby number four, um, despite working out through my whole pregnancy, being very conscious of the food that I was eating and, you know, eating really quality foods, all these things, I put on more weight than I had with previous pregnancies and I hung on to almost all of it after. Mm -hmm. I don't know how that works. The baby came out and I was like... Pretty sure I didn't lose any weight. <laughs> uh, you know, maybe like 10 pounds, but I'm like, the baby almost weighed. Not quite that much. But <laughs> between that and the placenta, I was like, I'm pretty sure I should have lost more weight than that. But obviously things needed to change, but I knew that I couldn't do it by hating myself or only focusing on the way my body looked. Mm-hmm. Um, Thankfully, like my husband has a really good... Like, he's always been really active, has always been into weightlifting. Um, and so he was really motivating, inspiring in that sense. And he's just like, just just start trying to get strong. And I was like, okay, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, I, I want to be strong. And, like, I'd had that perspective a little bit in the past, but it was always kind of overshadowed by this, like, I want to look a certain way. I want to to be smaller. And as soon as I stopped just – trying to be smaller, mm-hmm. um, I think things really shifted for me. It was more about like, how did I feel? How was I showing up? Was I a more patient mom? I just wanted to show up better. And I, and I knew that I, it couldn't come from that, that place of shame and that place of like hating myself. Any approach needs to start that way. The word should gets used a lot. I should be doing this. And so you'll hear me say, like, stop shitting all over the place. Yes. <laughs> we say that too. Um, like, there really is no should. Um, it's, it's a soft word that we use to, I don't know, pressure ourselves into doing things that we think are necessary or what are other, other people expect of us. Um, and so just taking some of that pressure off and it's like what do I need right now what does my body need how how do I best serve myself too people talk about self-care and we think face masks and bubble baths and massages and all of those things are really really wonderful but sometimes self-care means getting up and doing the thing Mm -hmm. sometimes it means eating the food that is really going to serve you instead of the cookie that you want. Now I'm all for eating the cookie sometimes. (laughs) Absolutely. But we can't talk about self-care or shame without talking about, you know, doing the things that our body actually needs and wants from us. Mm -hmm. Like I said earlier, our bodies are built to move and our DNA expects it from us. So also just honoring those those primal instincts that are like that our body needs Mm -hmm. um if that makes sense 
Yeah, I think a lot of people are disconnected from those instincts, and so there has to be this reconnection, which which can't happen without addressing the whole person. Mm-hmm. And that is kind of the the downfall of this disembodied culture that is really focused on, like even at the gym, for example, mm-hmm. you see machines that are just working on one little muscle in isolation. And there's time and a place, but like definitely lifting or something that's more your whole body is going to be a more beneficial way to connect with your whole body. Absolutely. Um, there's so many ways that we can disconnect from ourselves these days. Um, even just talking about the way we live our lives. Like we have so much mechanical advantage that we don't have to move if we don't want to. Mm-hmm. We can walk from our house to the car, drive somewhere, get out, maybe walk a little bit, go in, sit down. Um, we don't have to do lots of heavy lifting if we don't want. You don't even have to go and get food mm-hmm. at the grocery store. Yeah. You can get it delivered to your door. You can get it brought right to your door. Like literally like no no movement involved in that. And so we do have to recreate that a little bit in our lives because the modern world is not going to demand it of ourselves. And that doesn't mean that we have to go and smash ourselves in the gym, but it does mean that we need to move more. Mm-hmm. Um, even just sitting on the floor sometimes instead of sitting on the chair, like going sitting in a chair is going to demand a lot less of you in terms of range of motion and even the muscles that are involved than it is to get up and down off of the floor. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a very basic principle, but use it or lose it is very much the game when it comes to movement and muscle. So we yeah. have to use those things. And that doesn't, again, that doesn't mean that we have to do crazy things in the gym. This can be really, really simple. Yeah. Um, but it, we do have to, look at ways to recreate that in our lives because like I said the modern world is not going to demand it of us yeah yeah no absolutely we have to be intentional with movement it's like any anything again in health is like don't just let your life happen to you you got to take charge and mm-hmm. make decisions just a side note here um our kids were playing together outside and they got cold so they're inside and you might hear some some fun background noise it's all part of the roots and fruits podcast experience (laughs) it's real life um yeah i wanted to finish by expanding more on you shared so beautifully about um when we were talking about kind of the why behind fitness and your transformation there like about body image um and it's a vulnerable topic but i think that so many people can relate to what you said of that, you know, they want to be smaller. Um, that is the cultural narrative even still. Um, and maybe this is going to be uh, backlashed on, but I think also the pendulum swing to then like um, glorifying fat is also not really the answer, but there has to be somewhere in the middle where we can say, okay, it's not super sustainable or holistically uh, healthy to just strive to be skinny. Equally, it's actually not healthy to be obese, but maybe BMI is not the greatest tool. Um, And so kind of expanding on on body image and we can just chat about it. Um, Do you have any thoughts right off the bat? I have lots of thoughts. (laughs) Um, And just to be totally transparent, like this is still something that I'm continuously working on, like my own self-image. I think those of us who grew up in the 90s and early 2000s where like that skinny, skinny body type was very much like the glorified image. Um, 
it's hard to undo like 20 yeah. years of of programming with that absolutely um, but i i think i'm 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 on the right on the right path um but i can say too like i have been everything in my adult life from 113 pounds to like 200 pounds wow and there isn't one weight that is magical mm-hmm. and will make you feel like you're having more fun or yeah. Um, but I mean, I can relate to that too. I've been 110 pounds and 160. And I I could also say that for me and my personal body, neither of those extremes were healthy, but somewhere in the middle is tends to be the sweet spot. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Like in neither of those extremes, did I feel like the best version of myself? Right. Yeah. Um, (laughs) one was stage ready bodybuilder. Um, and I looked great naked, let's be real. <laughs> but it was all consuming. There was no sustainability there. It was Yeah, uh, absolutely. I, I was definitely not my healthiest mm-hmm. at that stage. Um, but neither on the other end. I, I, mentally it was it was hard to it was hard and it was hard to do things. Um I didn't feel my best um either. And so I really found more comfort in the middle mm-hmm. um and also shifting the focus on not like the number on the scale but muscle mass I think mm-hmm. is really important we talk about weight loss weight loss well I mean you can lose weight real fast but you're gonna lose muscle mm-hmm. and that's the that's the most valuable tissue that we're all really wanting and but we always are like I just want to lose weight I mm-hmm. want to look I want to be this number on the scale mm-hmm. and oftentimes it's like that's attached to what we think it's going to make us feel. Mm-hmm. So what if you could feel that way without being smaller or being that number? Is that mm-hmm. is that a process that you'd be interested in, mm-hmm. right? So I can say that right now I'm I'm heavier than I thought I wanted to be or that I even was a year ago. But man, I'm stronger. I feel amazing. Mm-hmm. I I believe wholeheartedly that the smallest version of ourselves is not the healthiest version, but neither on the other end. Right. Right. So, and it comes back to doing those things. I mean, the body positivity movement has really glorified the obese body. Um, right. And I think no matter where you are, it has to start from a place of love for mm-hmm. yourself. You're not going to be able to get there by shaming yourself or hating yourself for the behaviors that have gotten you there. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, I need to love myself. But what does that really look like? That means going for a walk. That means eating well. That means getting sunlight. That means breathing better. That mm-hmm. means maybe picking up some weights and building some muscle. Mm-hmm. That also means resting sometimes and having balance with your diet. Mm -hmm. Um, if you're going to be with friends and family, like those memories are more important than like sticking to some macros Mm -hmm. or excluding whole food groups. Like Mm -hmm. it's, it's looking at the long term instead of always the short term fix. And Mm -hmm. I definitely got caught in that cycle for a while. 90% plant-based to like eating only meat. Mm -hmm. I have done everything and and I've, 
I've done that because I like enjoy experimenting with my body and seeing what's going to feel better. And, and I've learned something from each one of those. Yeah. I feel like I've landed in a place that's really balanced and feels good for me now. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I, I like what you said too. I think it wraps everything we've talked about today together um, about kind of this danger in extremes and how what, like you said, the smallest version of ourselves is most likely not the best version of ourselves. Um, in a lot of other cultures, like being skinny is a, is not a good thing, yeah. right? And like even all of history, you look at art like from different periods of history and it's not something that was painted about, wasn't something to be glorified. Um, and so again, I think there's been this pendulum shift and I, I'm all for body positivity and loving your body because as you said, that's a good place to start. But there, the other extreme either is not helpful and it kind of ties back into what we were talking about. Sometimes you have to just wake up and do the thing. Yeah. Um, sometimes you have to push through discomfort and choose to do something that's uncomfortable. Other times you need to have permission to rest, have permission to sleep in, whatever it is. And so mm-hmm. I think to get to that place that you and I are, you know, on our journeys, but have kind of found some sort of awareness of our bodies to be able to make those decisions it takes time so if you are listening and you're just kind of starting your journey I mean I can say I'm on you know year 12 of this holistic health journey and I'm just I I have not arrived there is a host of things to work on but in terms of having the awareness in my body to know when to push myself and when to pull back that's something I've been working on for this long and I'm just kind of starting to be able to make those decisions and feel the good fruit from it And I think you could say the same. Mm -hmm. So just a reminder to everyone uh, that there's no cookie cutter approach to health, to fitness, uh, to body type or size. It's everyone is different. Start where you are. Love yourself where you are. That's going to be probably more effective when you start building on external behaviors if you figure out the internal emotional components Mm -hmm. first or as you're working on the external things. Yeah, and I would just say, look at the long term, whatever you decide to do, make sure that it fits you and your goals um, long term. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes we look at like the 30 day challenge or that diet and, and we think that, you know, within a month or two months or three months, I'm going to be where I want to be. And I really want to kind of squash that perspective, like that I don't know. Narrative. That yeah. narrative. It's like, this is for life. What do you want to be doing when you're 70? So what you want to be doing when you're 70, you need to be thinking about right now. So that's that's my whole approach now mm-hmm. and and just personalizing that for people and what's happening in their life as well. Because like we said earlier, different seasons are going to demand different things of us. And there's going to be times when we have – the capacity to do more um, and just learning to understand that capacity and honoring us ourselves where we're at. There's really no unrealistic goals, but unrealistic expectations or timelines often. Mm-hmm. And so start small. Mm-hmm. That is one of the biggest things that I say all the time is mm-hmm. just start small. Mm-hmm. It's like, like, like if you're walking a thousand steps, walk 2000 steps. Yes. If you can only lift five pounds then try to lift seven pounds or you know I mean that's yes, a really I love that yeah. yeah it's just making small incremental change is going to be what's going to be more sustainable in the long run mm-hmm. absolutely 
So Esther, where can people find you if they want to follow you or work with you or connect with you? The best place to find me right now is on Instagram at Healthy Roots Esther, all one word. Esther, thank you so much for being with us today. It was really lovely to chat with you. It was so nice. Thanks for having me. This is fun. So who do you know that this episode could serve well? Is there a friend that you've had conversations about body image or exercise with that maybe could build on that conversation you already started? Make sure that you share this episode with them and hit subscribe for more content like this. Please remember we are a brand new podcast. We really value that subscribe button, like button, share button, any ratings. This helps our podcast grow. And we seriously thank you so much. Every single play and download just blows us away. Catch you in episode four.